the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. You know, Egypt in the Bible is a picture of the world. It's a picture of worldliness. It's a picture of our old life. Uh, Before we were delivered from our bondage to sin by the blood of Jesus Christ. And one of the the, uh, lessons that this chapter teaches us is we don't want to make knee-jerk reactions when we're afraid. In the scripture today, the people of Judah made a quick decision without any guidance from the Lord. They escaped from their situation and looked to worldly things. Pastor Dan will encourage you in the message today to look to the Lord instead of trying to self-medicate. Acknowledge Him in all your ways and allow Him to direct your path. Running away from your problems without going to God first will only make your situation worse. Will you seek the Lord first today? Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah chapter 41 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. So it says here that there were also some Jews who were in Moab among the Ammonites and in Edom. Those are all on the other side of the Jordan River. So when the Babylonians invaded, there were some that fled up into the hills of the Judean mountains and are hiding up in the mountains and the caves. But there's also some that fled across the Jordan River over into modern day Jordan. And they're over in the mountains of Moab and Edom dwelling among the Ammonites. Uh, If you remember in a previous chapter, I think it was last week or the week before, when Zedekiah the king, he tried to flee from the city of Jerusalem by night as it was under siege. And remember, he was captured out in the plain beyond Jericho. He was also heading over across the Jordan River, trying to escape the country completely, going to that same area of Moab and Edom to dwell among the Ammonites. But some of those people had made it out over there. They're hiding in the mountains of Edom and in the mountains of Moab. They hear about Gedaliah, a fellow Judean, whose name means Jehovah is great, and that the Babylonians have put him in charge and made him the governor. And so, verse 12, all the Jews return out of all places where they had been driven and came to the land of Judah to Gedaliah at Mitzvah. And they gathered wine and summer fruit in abundance. Life was returning to normal for the people of Judah. Because of the leadership of Gedaliah, they're getting some momentum in the right direction. Things, things are, are, are looking up a little bit. Gedaliah gave the people confidence about the future of the nation. He, he brought a, 
a degree of hope in the wake of a, of a great national tragedy. I'm sure many of you remember after 9-11, it took our country, it took the people of our country some time before things started to feel a little bit normal again, before you felt you know, safe again, before you felt comfortable going out to a restaurant again. Because that attack just was so devastating on our nation and devastating on our psyche. Some things have never gotten back to normal, right? Things have just changed permanently all these years later. And, and for the people of Judah, under the leadership of Gedaliah now, he's bringing a sense of normalcy. He's turning the ship a little bit for the remnant that is left. People are coming down out of the mountains and out of the caves and returning back to the land and and there's a harvest, and there's abundance again, and there's wine, and there's, there's fruit, and people are moving back into the cities. There's a sense of safety again, a sense of, of unity in the nation, a sense of security in the nation. Now watch verse 13. Moreover, Johanan, the son of Kareah, and all the captains of the forces that were in the fields came to Gedaliah at Mitzpah and said to him, Do you certainly know that Baalus, the king of the Ammonites, has sent Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, to murder you? Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, did not believe them. So, so somehow this guy, Johanan, he, he became aware of a plot to assassinate Gedaliah. And he warned Gedaliah. Again, you can look at our own nation's history, and, and we have seen in our own nation's history where, where it seems God raises up a, a particular leader to lead our nation through a very difficult time in our nation and to have that person's life cut short by an assassin. A person who is doing good for the country. A person who is doing good for just humanity. And their life is cut short by an assassin. And, and here you have Gedaliah. And he's doing good for Judah. He's doing good for the people of Judah. He's bringing the nation back together. And the people are, 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 are feeling a sense of safety and a sense of hope about the future. But then he learns of this plot to assassinate him. And, and Gedaliah didn't believe Johanan's warning. And, and he didn't take steps to protect himself from harm. He didn't believe that somebody was actually plotting to kill him. Now listen, Scripture warns you and Scripture warns me that there is somebody that is plotting our destruction, the devil. And his desire is to kill, steal, and destroy his desire is to ruin your life and my life and to ruin your family and my family. And it, it would be foolish of us to ignore the warnings of Scripture or to think that would never happen or that's never going to happen to me. Gedaliah ignored the warning. And so now verse 15, then Johanan, the son of spoke secretly to Gedaliah in Mitzpah. So 
he comes back and he has a private meeting with the governor and says, let me go, please, and I will kill Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, and no one will know it. Why should he murder you so that all the Jews who are gathered to you would be scattered and the remnant and Judah perish? Johanan offered to you know, preemptively kill Ishmael to save Gedaliah. And he, he tells us here why he's so concerned. His concern is not just for Gedaliah's life. He knew that if Gedaliah were assassinated, it would bring back the Babylonians. And the wrath of the Babylonians. And all of this good that has happened in the nation under Gedaliah. It's all going to be destroyed. It's all going to be completely wiped out. And things were just getting better. Things were just getting back to normal. And so he says, hey, let, let me just privately, secretly go and kill Ishmael. Because we don't want the Babylonians to come back. We don't want the Babylonians to pour out their wrath on us and just wipe us out and carry the rest of us off into captivity. So, so let me just deal with this. Verse 16. But Gedaliah said to Jehonan, you shall not do this thing, for you speak falsely concerning Ishmael. He didn't believe him. So he doesn't let him go through with it. Now, chapter 41, verse 1. Now, it came to pass in the seventh month that Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, the son of Elishama, of the royal family and of the officers of the king, came with ten men to Gedaliah, and there they ate bread together in Mitzvah. Then Ishmael, And the ten men who were with him arose from the table and struck Gedaliah with the sword and killed him, whom the king of Babylon had made governor over the land. You know, this is the guy that the Babylonians appointed, and he kills him. Ishmael also struck down all the Jews who were with him, that is, with Gedaliah at Mitzpah, and the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, who were found there, the men... Of war, so, so Ishmael and his men, they come to Mitzpah, they're eating a meal together. Gedaliah shows them hospitality. They're breaking bread together. And again, as you know, in that culture, you ate, ate a meal with a person that you loved for, that you, that you had a love for, that you had a fondness for, that you trusted. Ishmael was a guest in Gedaliah's home, and Ishmael betrayed him. During a meal. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Jesus was betrayed during a meal by Judas. As they're breaking bread. As they're sharing a meal together. And again, verse 3, we're told that not only did Ishmael and his men kill Gedaliah, but also the Jews that were there at this dinner and Chaldeans. So there's also some Chaldean, maybe officers or some kind of leaders of the Chaldeans, of the Babylonians. They're at the dinner as well. And Ishmael also killed them along with Gedaliah. You know, this, is, this is just going to bring down the wrath of the Babylonians. I mean, not only did they 
kill the governor that the Babylonians appointed, but they also killed some of the Babylonian soldiers that were also present at that meal. And it happened, verse 4, on the second day after he had killed Gedaliah, when as yet no one knew it, no one had discovered it, so it's the next day, that certain men came from Shechem, from Shiloh, and from Samaria. Isn't that interesting? Those three cities of all, th- of all the cities, that men came from Shechem, Shiloh, and Samaria. Shechem, of course, when Abraham first came into the promised land, the first place he pitched his tent in the land was Shechem. When Joshua came into the promised land and captured all of the land, he gathered all the nation together at Shechem and set up a memorial stone there. Of all the places, Shechem is where Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. At Shechem. And Shiloh, of course, is where the tabernacle sat for 400 plus years. It was where the people of Israel went to worship the Lord at at Shiloh. Samaria now, that becomes the capital once the kingdom divides into two different kingdoms, a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. They made Samaria the capital of the northern kingdom. It's significant and symbolic that these men happen to come from Shechem, Shiloh, and Samaria. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m., I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. It's 80 men, we're told in verse 5, with their beards shaved and their clothes torn, having cut themselves, they're bringing offerings and incense in their hand to to bring them to the house of the Lord. So these 80 men, they come from Shechem and Shiloh and Samaria, which, by the way, are all part of the northern kingdom that has already been carried away to Assyria. So they're, they're part of the remnant that was left in the northern kingdom. So there there is a remnant of true believers up in the northern kingdom. There's not many. These these guys were part of that. They're going down, we're told. They're, They're heading south to Jerusalem to go to the temple and they've they've got an offering with them. They've shaved their beards, they've torn their clothes, they're they're lamenting, they're mourning over the destruction of the temple. And on their way, they stopped in Mitzpah to see the governor. Verse 6, Now Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, went out from Mitzpah to meet them, weeping as he went along. And it happened as he met them, 
that he said to them, come to Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam. You know, he's, he's acting here. He, he goes out acting all upset. Come see what happened to Gedaliah. You know, I, I just found him like this. I don't know what's happened kind of thing. The Bible says he who covers his sins will not prosper. So it was, verse 7, when they came into the midst of the city that Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, killed them and cast them into the midst of a pit or a cistern, he and the men who were with them, but ten men of the eighty were found among them who said to Ishmael, don't kill us for we have treasures of wheat, barley and oil and honey in the field. Don't don't kill us, we've got food that we can give you. So he desisted and did not kill them among their brethren. Verse 9, now the pit, the cistern into which Ishmael had cast all the dead bodies, 70 of them, the men who had slain because of Gedaliah, was the same one Asa the king had made for fear of Basha, king of Israel. Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, filled it with the slain. Putting 70 bodies, trying to hide them in the cistern. Then Ishmael carried away captive all the rest of the people who were in Mitzpah. He takes the whole city captive. The king's daughters and all the people who remained in Mitzpah, whom Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, had committed to Gedaliah, and Ishmael carried them away captive and departed to go over to the Ammonites. Remember, he was hired by the king of Ammon to assassinate Gedaliah. So now he takes the whole city of Mitzpah and some of the king's, uh, you know, people that were appointed uh, to serve, he takes them along with him and he's heading back now to Ammon. He's trying to escape. But when Johanan, the son of Korea, And all the captains of the forces that were with him heard of all the evil that Ishmael had done. They took all the men and went to fight with Ishmael. And they found him by the great pool that is in Gibeon. So they chase him down. They catch up with him in Gibeon. So they catch up with him at this pool. That pool was 82 feet deep, 93 steps leading down to the water at the bottom of the pool. Verse 13, so it was when all the people who were with Ishmael saw Johanan, the son of Korea, and all the captains of the forces who were with him, that they were glad. So these are all the captives of Mitzvah and all the people that were carried away by Ishmael. When they see Johanan and all of his forces coming, they're glad. They rejoice. Then all the people whom Ishmael had carried away captive from Mitzpah turned around and came back and went to Johanan. But Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, escaped from Johanan with eight men and went to the Ammonites. Then Johanan and all the captains of the forces that were with him took from Mitzpah all the rest of the people whom he had recovered from Ishmael after he had murdered Gedaliah, the mighty men of war, and the women, and the children, and the eunuchs, whom he had brought back from Gibeon, and they departed, and they dwelt in the habitation of Chimham, which is near Bethlehem, 
as they went on their way to Egypt because of the Chaldeans, for they were afraid of them because Ishmael had murdered Gedaliah, whom the king of Babylon had made governor in the land. So, so the people under Johanna now, they were afraid that the Babylonians will retaliate because of the murder of Gedaliah. And so what do they do? They flee down to Egypt. They stop pursuing Ishmael. They turn around and they start heading towards Egypt. And they're going to flee down to Egypt. Egypt was not under the dominion or the power of the Babylonian empire. It's, it's a separate empire. And so they're fleeing now down to Egypt. And as we read through those verses, did you read anywhere where they stopped to even pray about this for a moment or to discuss this at all? It is a, it is a knee-jerk response that they have. And it is a prayerless decision that they make out of fear. And out of fear now, they, they're, they're going to flee down to Egypt and seek refuge in Egypt. And there's no indication that they sought God for guidance in any way about this decision or what they should do. They, they, just, they just did what seemed right to them in the moment, in their own eyes. You know, Egypt in the Bible is a picture of the world. It's a picture of worldliness. It's a picture of our old life. Uh, before we were delivered from our bondage to sin by the blood of Jesus Christ. And one of the, one of the uh, lessons that this chapter teaches us is we don't want to make knee-jerk reactions when we're afraid of what might happen. When we're fearful and, and we think we got to do something. We can't just sit here. And we make kind of this knee-jerk reaction, this, this quick decision where we don't, we don't pray, we don't seek the Lord, we don't ask for guidance, we don't wait upon the Lord. And we don't want to look to the world or worldly methods or worldly solutions to get ourselves out of our situation that we're in. And that is, in a sense, what they do. Looking to Egypt. We want to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. We want to lean not on our own understanding. We want to acknowledge God in all our ways and allow him to direct our steps. And I know that you have learned and I have learned that God's ways are not always like our ways. That we think we got to get to Egypt as quick as possible. And God's got a whole different plan. He's got a whole different way he wants you to go. That's why it's important to Wait upon the Lord, trust the Lord, walk by faith and not by sight, ask God for guidance, lean not on your own understanding and your own wisdom or what the world is telling you to do or what your, your non-Christian friends tell you what they think you should do. What does the Lord tell you to do? Acknowledge Him in all your ways and allow Him to direct your steps. We're going to see going into the next couple chapters that Egypt was a mistake. It wasn't the Lord. And they could have avoided all of that if they would have just taken time to ask the Lord for guidance and wisdom. He asked me how I know and I say 
We're so glad you joined us today on Ring of Truth as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of Jeremiah. If you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Dan, please visit our website at calvaryec.com. You can listen to and download a wide range of previous broadcasts or simply subscribe to our podcast. Sometimes life can get busy. And between work, school, family, and all of our other obligations, it's hard to find time to dig deeper into the Bible for ourselves. At Ring of Truth, we've tried to make it a bit easier for you. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you go. This way, you'll have encouragement from God's Word throughout the day. You'll find a link to subscribe at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth on iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life, so please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. When you call, please feel free to share any prayer requests that are on your heart. We'd be happy to pray with and for you. We also appreciate your prayers for this radio ministry. Please tune in next time as Pastor Dan continues teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Jeremiah, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. It's true.